Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Later today, it's going to be time for Catherine Swift and Leverdale, Michelle Simpson, Beauties and the Beast. And uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about is the Prime Minister's visit to the Ottawa Mosque. We'll have more on that in more detail tomorrow. And uh, but we will have some discussion with Catherine, Michelle, and Linda about that. And uh, Premier of Saskatchewan, Brad Wall, tweeted something very interesting about pipelines, about the Canadian energy sector. So we'll get into that as well. And the Financial Post story this week suggested that Prime Minister Trudeau is going to get behind one of the pipelines, probably Kinder Morgan. And he's not going to want to be seen as supporting all of them, but it'll be political gamesmanship with Mr. Trudeau. Travis Vader found guilty of second-degree murder and the deaths of... Lyle and Marie McCann of Alberta, both in their late 70s, traveling by motorhome, towing a second vehicle. And then after the verdict was announced, just a couple of days ago, there was immediate response from the legal community that trial judge Denny Thomas had based his conviction of Vader on Section 230 of Canada's Criminal Code, which the Supreme Court declared unconstitutional in 1990. How could this happen? And what are the implications? David Butt, criminal lawyer and uh, media editorialist, he's argued cases before the Supreme Court of Canada, will join us on that particular development. There's a lot coming up today. Jonathan Roy will be with us, son of Patrick. One of the greatest, maybe the greatest, NHL goaltender of all time. I know you get into trouble with hockey fans when you say somebody was the greatest. But Jonathan had quite a goaltending career going, was with the Ramparts and the Juniors, playing for his dad, and then there was that fight. And yes, I'll ask him about the fight briefly, but Jonathan has a music career going that's going great guns with uh, Corey Hart as his mentor. Tomorrow, the vice president of Switzerland will be our guest. We'll talk about a populist decision made by referendum in Switzerland to stop mass immigration into the country. See, that's how it works in Switzerland. The, uh, and we've talked about it, and we've talked to Swiss ambassadors to Canada. The Swiss people have the opportunity, each and every citizen has the opportunity to begin the process to have a referendum question asked in Switzerland. And if enough people sign on, in Switzerland's case, it's 100,000 people. If 100,000 Swiss people sign on to a referendum question brought forward by one citizen, it ends up on the ballot. And if a majority of Swiss people agree with the point made by the person who brought the question to the ballot, then it becomes law. 
The Swiss federal government has no choice. The Constitution of Switzerland demands that the government follow the lead of the people. doesn't matter when the politicians say, well, we think you are this and we think you are that. When they point the accusatory finger at the electorate, it doesn't matter because if the electorate decides by majority that this is what they want, then the government of Switzerland has no choice but to follow the lead of the people. It's called democracy. We ought to reacquaint ourselves with that concept in Canada. Oh, I know. Green's just one of those deplorable people. I'm a deplorable. I am a deplorable. So, um... We'll talk to the Vice President of Switzerland about that, and we'll ask you about the decision made by the Swiss people and whether you think that it's sensible or racist. Now, you know we have two official languages in this country, right? Le Français and English. Although in Quebec, there's only one official language, Le Français. And I was in Quebec last week for a couple of hours. And I have to tell you, everybody from Quebec, turn off your radios for a few seconds. I was glad to leave again. Turn your radios back on. Um, I'm just so tired of having second-class citizen status. Parce que je suis anglophone. Second-class citizen because I'm Anglophone, once I'm in Quebec. Officially, it's the law. But we have uh, English and French as our official languages. We have an official languages commissioner, Mr. Fraser. I... 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 I don't know why we have an official languages commissioner, except we spend a lot of money on on what he did or tried to do, didn't do. But in Vancouver, a condominium strata board has voted to conduct its annual general meeting business in Mandarin. And from what I understand, essentially all board business in Mandarin, Andreas Kargut is an English-only speaking condo owner in the 54-unit complex who filed a human rights complaint which has been accepted by the B.C. Human Rights Tribunal. Now, if I understand this correctly, there was the confrontation between Mandarin-speaking owners and board members in the condo complex and the English-speaking board members and condo owners. And in July, it appeared that a meeting between lawyers for the Mandarin-speaking condo owners and their English-speaking counterparts had arrived at a solution which would have had the annual general meeting business conducted in English and translated into Mandarin. But at the last moment, again, if I understand this correctly, the Mandarin-speaking owners reportedly reneged. Mr. Cargott is not happy. And he joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Board members have accused him of 
essentially liking speaking to media too much. And uh, and they said in part, they wrote in part, I'm looking at their news release here, um, Mr. Cargett seems to have all meetings, seeks to have all meetings in English, even when there are no observers present. This is completely unrealistic and would ignore the identity of this community. The council remains a group that speaks Mandarin as its first language, which reflects the group's the group of owners, and the multiculturalism of Canada. Effective communication is important to ensure mutual respect and allow all parties to understand. The Council has shown itself committed to that belief by providing a translator. Moreover, the Council is willing to hear any owner's issues or problems. However, stratas are run as a democracy, and one owner cannot dictate how things are governed. The Council has been patient and has attempted to address numerous issues, but it is unfair and unreasonable to communicate falsehoods to the media. Wellington Court Strata Council. Uh, Mr. Cargott, your side of the story, please, and have you been transmitting falsehoods? Uh, no, I haven't. If, if there were any uh, uh, media inaccuracies, um, uh, it was because we were unaware of them. Um, the, uh, the 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 owner that uh, for three years in a row now has bringing in uh, who is bringing in multiple proxy votes um, as uh, which I which I deem as uh, uh, as, as an exploitation of our weak uh, strata laws. Um, he uh, I, I think he's smartening up a little, so he's having uh, other people um, uh, join in uh, so that he's not holding all of the proxy votes. So so in in, in terminology that we can all, can all understand. What's going on? Walk us through as quickly and as succinctly as you can through the process which has wound up where you are today. Okay. Well, I'll put it all in a nutshell, and I'm going to try keeping things as factual as possible. And, sure. and you can definitely um, uh, stop me if you think that I'm, that I'm not uh, uh, saying factual stuff. Um, we have been experiencing uh, some, uh, some racial discrimination uh, since uh, July of 2014 which eventually got to the stage to the state uh, in December on December 8 of 2015, where uh, the president of the Strata Council had said, um, uh, you're welcome to come to uh, one of our council meetings as observers, but please keep in mind the meeting will be conducted entirely in Mandarin. Now, previous to this, had meetings been conducted in English and had you been a member of the of, of the uh, of the board? Yes, I was. I was. Uh, I was an original owner, and uh, about one year into it, I got onto council, and uh, that was 2005. Mm-hmm. And I stayed on council until 2014, so nine years. All right. So in 2015, was it that the board was informed, and there were these pre- proxy shares, or yes, right, that were brought to the to the, if I understand correctly, to the board by one person. Yeah. And that shifted the balance, and then the board was informed that from there on, because it was Mandarin was the primary or the first language of, of, of the people who were represented by the proxy votes, and on the board uh, present, Mandarin was their primary language, and that was going to be the language of communication at the board meetings, correct? Uh, that is correct, yeah. And it is uh, one person that held all of the proxy votes. So uh, one person, um, and, and I mean, we are alleging... Uh, but. That, that he had solicited those proxy votes, but uh, whether or not he solicited them is irrelevant. Uh, the fact is that these 34 people that he got, or owners that he got the proxy votes, were not lined up outside his door to hand them their proxy votes. He actually went to each one of their addresses and gathered those votes 
and uh, as an end result, uh, uh, the vote uh, was manipulated. And you have uh, evidence is, of this? Yes, we do. We, we, right, uh, Mr. Mr. Cargut, hold on. I'm going to come back to you. We have to take a break. We'll come back to Andreas Cargut, and we'll talk more about what's happening of this um, of this condo board and uh, what's going to happen going forward as the language of communication is going to be Mandarin. And I read from the news release of the of the board as to why they're going to do that. We'll hear Mr. Cargut's response, and um, and then I'll have a question for you. Stay with us. Roy may be a lot of things, but shy isn't one of them. He never backs down from a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show on, on the, the Chorus Radio Network. Network. We'll get to your calls on uh, this issue of language and whether it really still matters that we have uh, English and or French as official languages in this country or whether the language of use should be determined by the majority of population involved in any community or activity or in this case in a condo board in Richmond, British Columbia. Andreas Cargut is with me, condo owner. Uh, Are you still a board member? Uh, No, I'm not. You're not now. uh, They've done all they can to shut us out. All right, all right. So, so you're not a member of the board, and who who makes up the board now? Uh, right now, uh, it's uh, it's all uh, Mandarin speaking people. All right, so, and they're all uh, residents, which is very contradictory to their multicultural uh, statement that they said. They're all residents of the condo building. They are, yeah. They're all owners, yeah, yeah, owners and residents, yeah. Okay, so up to 2015, communication was done in English. It uh, it was, yes, yeah. And then subsequently that changed after the one person, as you pointed out, appeared with proxy votes, which yeah. changed the balance yeah. and caused for the owners then present and represented by proxy to, to determine that Mandarin, because it was the primary language of the now constituted board, that Mandarin would be the language that would be used. Yes, that's correct. So where do you stand? In July, was there not an agreement that was a, that was reached? I read that there was an agreement reached that, that there would be English would be spoken, but there would be translation into Mandarin. Was, was Is that the case? Well, on July, uh, July uh, 7th uh, of, of this year, uh, we had a, a pre-settlement uh, meeting. Um, and uh, and all all of the conditions of of uh, our settlement, uh, it's all bound by by non disclosure. Um, but uh, what I can say is is the um, um, very very shortly uh, after we had signed the paperwork, um, saying yeah, this this is what we agreed to. Um, the uh, the other party, which is the respondents, um, did not uh, sign uh, what they had agreed to. And instead, they came up with uh, a bunch of amendments to our initial agreement. Okay. So and um, yeah, and that's stuff we didn't agree to. And then they sent it out uh, to to the uh, ownership, letting them know that uh, that we'd reach a settlement when, in fact, we did not. Okay. So now you've gone, or you er, earlier went to the Human Rights Tribunal, and they've agreed to hear your case. Yes, they have agreed to hear my case. So that would be the next step. What's the uh, what's the actual reality? How does this change the fact that Mandarin is going to be the language of communication of the board meetings? How does this change the reality of the governance of the building? How does it change things for you? Well, it it, it doesn't change uh, anything other than uh, 
than uh, the, the communication itself. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, the thing is, is we still have two official languages in Canada, right? And uh, when when all of these owners uh, had purchased their units, the, the same as the, as I did, uh, when you purchase that, uh, there's a lot of uh, legal stuff that you have to sign uh, in order to purchase a townhouse or a condo. Right. And one of them is uh, they ask you to read through all of the uh, strata bylaws, and you sign uh, a form saying that you have read them and you understand what it's saying. So if they purchase a place uh, uh, in English, it means that they, they, they understand enough to purchase it and to, to read the strata bylaws. Why change things up? Well, it right? comes so, down to, does it not, Mr. Cargill, for you, it comes down to we have two official languages in Canada, English, French, yeah. use them. Yeah, yes, that's correct. That's correct, yeah, yeah. And that's and, the uh, that's that's the fundamental argument. Now you have a GoFundMe effort underway. Briefly tell us about that. Yes. Okay. So what happened was uh, once the case was accepted by the Human Rights Tribunal, they they had accepted it because it was uh, a valid human rights case. Mm-hmm. They could have they could have just dismissed it right away, and mm-hmm. they didn't. Um, then we started. Uh, I started getting contacted uh, by their their lawyer. So then automatically, uh, their uh, Strata Insurance um, uh, hires. Um, uh, a lawyer because they have um, strata director's insurance. Right. And he started trying to contact me and I said, you know what? Um, I don't want to be dealing with a lawyer alone uh, without having legal representation myself. So, uh, so we had hired a lawyer. And of course, um, uh, the one thing that many of your listeners may not know is uh, strata corporations are, are protected by um, uh, strata director's insurance. Yeah, well, I have, so anytime, I, have less th- I have less than a minute here. What you need is what you're asking for is for people to assist you, right, at the GoFundMe yes, page. Yes, absolutely. So absolutely, how do they get? Yeah. To, how do they find you? Well, what they do is they go to uh, GoFundMe.com/slash/AndreasCargut. Right. And uh, then you'll see uh, our our in English you'll see our plea uh, and our story, and it'll also be in two versions of Chinese. Okay. And uh, we we think uh, it's worth fighting for. So if 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 uh, all of your listeners uh, would go in there, if you think that. Uh, that uh, Canada's official languages are worth fighting for yeah. uh, be- and believe it's our constitutional right, then uh, please go to our GoFundMe page. If all of them were to contribute 5 or $10... Okay, I have to then, stop you uh, because very quick. I just don't have any more time. But I thank you for the time, Andreas Cargut. And that's the story out of Richmond, British Columbia. The question for you at 888-225-8255 or 416-870-6400 is, does it matter that we have official languages any longer? Does it matter to you that we have official languages, English and French? Or is it just not important in today's diverse society? 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. We'll come right back. Intelligent Talk Radio. Intelligent Talk Radio. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I have this feeling um, from the day Bill 101 arrived that the whole concept of two official languages in this country was compromised. And when the uh, Quebec government overruled the Supreme Court of Canada using the notwithstanding clause, there went the uh, essentially the fundamentals of our official languages, reality, English and French. I mean, I don't know how else you interpret that. 
So now the question is, given the world we live in, given the, uh, given the fact that it's a multicultural, multilingual reality that we are in, in this Canada of ours, does it make sense to have two official languages any longer? Does it make sense? Your governments and corporations provide services in dozens of languages. Does this water down English and French in this country? Or is what's happening just an example of Canada providing positive diversity services? You tell me. Does it matter whether we have English or French as official languages? Now, Mr. Cargut, Andreas Cargut of the, uh, the condo building in Richmond, British Columbia, I think has a case. And that's why the Human Rights Tribunal is listening to what he has to say. To just summarily dismiss English as a language of communication at board meetings, well, I have issues with that. I wouldn't like it if I was a condo owner in the building. The, um, the new council, and I'll just read from the news release, I'll go to your calls in a second and ask you whether you're whether it matters that we have official languages in Canada. The previous strata councils conducted meetings solely in English for more than a decade without any accommodation for the new owners who do not speak English. When a new council took over managing the strata in 2015, the group was more comfortable communicating in Mandarin. The decision was made to have efficient meetings, not to exclude owners. Until December 2015, there were no English-speaking observers. Mr. Cargett seeks to have all meetings in English, even when there are no observers present. This is completely unrealistic and would ignore the identity of this community. The council remains a group that speaks Mandarin as its first language, which reflects the group of owners and the multiculturalism of Canada. The council has been, I'm jumping ahead a bit, the council has been patient and has attempted to address numerous issues, but it's unfair and unreasonable to communicate falsehoods to the media. Um, at the Roy Green Show on Twitter, Andrea Galante tweets, if someone chose to immigrate to Canada, they should learn one of the official languages. So clearly, Andrea Galante feels very strongly about official languages being, let me use the word, dominant, linguistically, official languages. That's why they're official. Is it relevant any longer? Triple eight two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred are the numbers to call. Here's Brian in uh, Lindsay, Ontario. Brian, what do you say? Afternoon, Roy. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you for your call. The Quebec Legislature passed uh, Bill one hundred one, making French the only official language in Quebec. The official languages act should have been scrapped in the rest of the country. That's all there is to that. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe English is sort of the unofficial language, second language of China. English, so this, is, English is the arguably the unofficial language of the world, and that happened when the Internet uh, chose English as the language of communication, and I believe close to 80% of contracts, internationally business contracts, government contracts, are consummated in English. Nevertheless, yeah. given the reality that you're looking at with this condo unit 
in a condo building in, in Vancouver, given the fact that you have a diverse society where you have groups of people who share a language living in a in close proximity to one another, does that make their language the default language of use for that area? In other words, does that does that give primacy to that other language in that area where the majority of people speak that language, which is other than English or French? Well, you know, according to we don't know. the father of the uh, actor playing the role of prime minister in Canada now, who gave us official multiculturalism mainly to commit cultural genocide. All right. Now, see, please remember the question that I asked. Maybe I didn't explain it properly. It's really simple. Is it relevant to have English and French as official languages of Canada any longer? Where English and French have primacy over other languages in official business. The Human Rights Tribunal has accepted Mr. Cargurt's, at least accepted to hear his, his case. Should that tribe should that should that board of that condo building be communicating in English, or is it their right, in your view, to communicate in Mandarin, since they say, we have the votes, and Mandarin is our primary language. So English is not going to be the language we're going to use. We're going to use Mandarin. Do they have that right, from your perspective, to make that decision in this country, where there are two official languages, one is English, one is French, and in Quebec it's only French. Daniel, in Georgetown, Ontario. Daniel, what do you say, sir? Thank you for the call. Yes, uh, good afternoon. I think the official languages are still relevant, and uh, there, uh, this is more proof that uh, actually the multiculturalism doesn't work. And I'm saying this as an immigrant myself. Uh, I think as an immigrant you should either integrate, meaning assimilate, or if not, we're going to have a balkanization of Canada. Uh, that is a, the best case scenario would be a balkanization if, of if, Canada. If, if, if you, I hope it's not going to be a Bosnia type if you go to a, If you go to a bank yes, and you see the bank has a pixel board which promotes the fact that in this bank we communicate in many languages, and the bank that I go to, I think it's over 20 languages, is that to the general improvement of communication, or is that to the general confusion of the situation? I think there is a little bit of a difference in there, because in a bank there is a communication one-to-one. So I think there shouldn't be a law preventing you from communication between two people in whichever language you want. Yeah. But when we have an official communication, like, for instance, in this particular case, in a condo board, I think we should use one of the two official languages. All right, so that condo board should be communicating, because they're not going to choose English, because or French, rather, because it always communicated in English prior to 2015. So you would say their language of communication should be English. Yeah, absolutely. It's Thank you for the call, sir. I appreciate that. Your call and your opinion. Graydon is in Bonacord, Alberta. There's a good French name. <laughs> How you doing, Roy? I'm doing great. How are you, Graydon? Hey, is it my understanding, though, that if there is nobody present during a condo meeting that speaks Mandarin, that the translator either has to be or can't be there? I don't like know. I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of confused because 
Um, I, I don't understand their position because it sounds like they're, it's accommodation and pandering. Well, what has happened? What has happened is that they've they've gotten proxy votes, mm-hmm. right? So now they're proxy shares. So they've shown up at the uh, at the board meeting and they said, "We're here physically, and we have these proxy shares. So we're now I, this individual or multiple individuals are now empowered to vote on behalf of the people whose proxy votes they hold. So, if you have enough to outvote the the rest." Mm-hmm. Then you can make the decision just based on the vote, to uh, to as they've done theoretically, um, to make Mandarin the language of communication for these board meetings. The question then becomes, and which is the Human Rights Tribunal is going to hear, I gather, from Mr. Cargut, is whether or not that is legal or acceptable in Canada, where there are two official languages, one is French, one is English, neither is Mandarin. Mm. But when in when in Rome, you should do what the Romans do. You you're, you're in Canada, you immigrated to this country, understanding that uh, these are the laws and this is what you have to abide by. If you, you want to change the rules, well, well, go through the proper channels. But don't but don't sit there and try to make accommodation pandering rules. But they would argue your little, little, little cultural. Graydon, they would argue they went through the proper channels. They held the vote. They had the proxy votes, the proxy shares. And they made the decision according to the rules that were in place. But then the question is, again, it's a, is it a public document? And if it's a public document, does the fact that English and French are the official language of Canada hold sway? And public documents, do they have to be in English or French? In Quebec, some are and some aren't. It's a confusing situation. If you, uh, if you just um, Google Mr. Cargut's name, A-N-D-R-E-A-S-K-A-R-G-U-T, you'll find the story and also be able to access their GoFundMe page. When we come back, when we come back, the Tra- Travis Vader verdict. Stick around.